I'm sure you've heard of the great reformer, Martin Luther. Well, today on this wisdom journey, we come to Luther's life verse. It's Romans 1.17. The one thing we all need is something we cannot earn or buy. We all stand condemned before God apart from the righteousness that he alone gives. Thank God for the wonderful free gift of his righteousness. Here's Stephen Davy to teach you more about this. In one of his best-selling novels, the author Fyodor Dostoevsky uh, had a character make this interesting statement. If God does not exist, everything is permitted. Dostoevsky was a Russian author, and he was forbidden to be read by the citizens of that country when Joseph Stalin came into power. Of course, uh, Joseph Stalin wanted nothing to do with God, and he effectively lived out the truth that without God, anything is, is permissible. It was under the leadership of Stalin that millions of people died of starvation as he insisted on imposing uh, upon them his communistic ideology. I found it interesting that Stalin's own daughter, Svetlana, whose biography I have read, talks about how she would sneak into her room books written by Dostoevsky. Even though his writings were forbidden, she she found hope in reading his works. Sometime after her father died, Svetlana defected to the United States, leaving behind her home country, which had been devastated by a man who had tried to wipe out any remembrance of God. Well, let me tell you, even to this day, this is the strategy Satan employs. He attempts to eliminate any awareness of God. He tries to erase belief in the credibility of of the Word of God. He, He wants to hide from view any revelation of the reality of God. Well, here in Romans chapter 1, Paul is describing the good news for mankind, and it isn't hidden away. In fact, Paul says here in verse 17 that in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. This Greek word translated revealed can also be translated to take off or to lift up. Now, the righteousness of God was once veiled as a mystery of his sovereign character. No one came into his presence without fear of, of dying. When the tabernacle and later the temple were constructed according to God's own design, you remember that thick curtain separated everyone but the high priest from that holy of holies. No one dared go behind that temple curtain and face, as it were, the glory of God's holy presence. Of course, the ministry of Jesus Christ will change all of that in a very real way. The death of Christ took down that veil. In fact, as Jesus hung on the cross, you might remember he said, it is finished. It's in John 19, verse 30. And then he bowed his head and died. And when that occurred, that thick veil hanging some 30 feet high, ripped apart, starting at the top, and going all the way down to the bottom, Matthew chapter 27 and verse 51 records, it was as if the invisible hand of God reached down and literally ripped, removed that veil from before his presence. So through Christ, we now have access 
into the very presence of our holy God. As a pastor, I have I've never ceased to be awed by the formal weddings I've officiated, that moment when the when the bride uh, marches down the aisle and her face is partially hidden behind a veil. Let me tell you, she's been dreaming of this moment for years. I remember when my oldest daughter was seven years old, and we were walking through uh, the new church building one evening looking at, at what the carpenters had completed that day. She just sort of sighed and then said, get this, as a seven-year-old, yep, Daddy, this is where I'm going to get married. Well, on those occasions when I presided at weddings, I watched the bride walk down the aisle to where her future husband is standing, and, and then I direct that one very familiar question to the father of the bride, who gives this woman to be married to this man? I remember one father smiling and saying, my credit card and I, <laughs> we all laughed about that. Then he changed his answer to say, her mother and I. Well, that's the moment the father then turns to his daughter lifts the veil, usually gives her a little kiss on the cheek before handing her off to the groom. It's as if at this moment, she already belongs to someone else. And with that, she turns, and with an open face now toward her beloved, she's now revealed to him, as it were. The veil has been lifted off or away. Well, let me tell you, that is exactly what Jesus Christ has done for us. He's lifted the veil. He's revealed to us the righteous character of our great and and our loving God. Now, God's righteousness is very different from human righteousness. The righteousness of saved, redeemed people, well, that's given to us. But God has never received righteousness. Nobody ever gave it to him. He's, He's always been perfectly and entirely righteous. So salvation is, is kind of like divine mathematics. When you place your faith in Christ, God subtracts all the sin from your account, and he adds his righteousness to your account. Paul goes on to say here in verse 17 that, that God's righteousness is revealed from faith for faith. This is another way of saying the righteousness of God is revealed by faith, and it's received through faith, and that faith is alone, or faith alone. Then Paul quotes Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 4 here as he writes, the righteous shall live by faith. And that's an interesting admission, by the way, because the apostle Paul once thought he didn't need faith at all. He thought he had enough good works to be able to stand before God. He had his, well, his Jewish heritage, his pedigree, his his stellar education, his respected position among the Pharisees. He had a zeal for the honor of God. But then he encountered Christ, and with that, the gospel, and he realized that all those accolades, all those accomplishments were worthless in gaining him righteousness, a righteous standing, which is a right standing before God. By the way, this was the personal agony and testimony of Martin Luther, who would later launch what we now call the Protestant Reformation. As a young Augustinian monk in the early 1500s, he, he struggled to keep the ceremony and the traditions of the church and, and attempt uh, to earn the mercy of God. And his, his fear of standing before God was so deep, he would spend hours confessing his sins to his confessor, another priest. But it gave him absolutely no peace of heart or, or mind. He, he spent hours praying going through all of the Roman Catholic rituals. He, he would say the full Mass several times every day. 
But still, in his heart, he knew he was lost. He was still a sinner before God. Well, later on at the University of Wittenberg, Luther began teaching through the book of Romans. And it's this very verse, Romans chapter 1, verse 17, that, that caused in him great frustration, actually anger toward God. In fact, let me read you what Martin Luther wrote more than 500 years ago about the despair created by this text and others. Luther wrote, although an impeccable monk, I stood before God as a sinner troubled in conscience, and I had no confidence that my merit would satisfy God. Therefore, I did not love a just and angry God, but rather hated and murmured against him. Yet I had a great yearning to know what Paul meant in Romans chapter 1, verse 17. Night and day I pondered until I saw the connection between the justice of God and this statement here, that the just shall live by his faith. Then I grasped that the justice of God is that righteousness by which God justifies us through faith. Thereupon I felt myself to be reborn and to have gone through open doors into paradise. The whole of Scripture took on a new meaning. This passage of Paul became to me the gate of heaven. Well, indeed it is, because we are saved, made righteous, not by works of righteousness, but by faith in the righteousness that God gives to us. Martin Luther learned that that God has to give us something that we don't possess. We can't create righteousness. We can't generate it by ourselves. Righteousness, a right standing with God, according to Romans chapter 1, is God's gift to us through Christ, who took away the veil. He gave us access to God and a place in the family of God. So the question is, Can you say today these words the Apostle Paul wrote nearly 2,000 years ago? He wrote, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for in it, that is in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. This is why we call this text the life verse of Martin Luther. It needs to be your verse as well. By faith, trusting in God, who will give you the gift of righteousness, a right standing with him through Christ. Well, until we set sail again, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. This is The Wisdom Journey. Stephen Davey called this lesson Martin Luther's Life Verse. It's an important passage, and I hope this time in God's Word has blessed you. This is The Wisdom Journey. Stephen is teaching through the Bible with a new lesson each weekday. If you'd like to go back and listen to any of the previous lessons along The Wisdom Journey, we've posted the archive to our website. Visit wisdomonline.org. Obviously, we're in the book of Romans, which means that all of the Old Testament, 
The Gospels and Acts are all available online at wisdomonline.org. All of that content is also available on the Wisdom International app. You can install our app to your phone or tablet and access this teaching ministry wherever you go. Both the website and the app have these audio lessons as well as the video version if you prefer watching. If the Wisdom Journey is a blessing to you, write and tell us. Our email address is info at wisdomonline.org. Our mailing address is Wisdom International, P.O. Box 37297, Raleigh, North Carolina, 27627. I hope we hear from you today. And I hope you'll join us back here next time as we continue traveling through the Bible on the Wisdom Journey.